Well, good morning and welcome to everyone to Faithbrook Church, everyone who's here on site, those of you joining in online, and also those of you watching later on demand as well. If we haven't had the opportunity to meet yet, my name is Mike Del Gallo, and I serve as a Connections Pastor here on staff. Well, maybe you are a guest here this morning, maybe you're joining in for the very first time, maybe you've been coming for a few weeks. Regardless of that, I just want to extend a special thank you and a welcome as I am so thrilled that you are here and joining in with us today. In fact, I want to encourage you, uh, for those of you who are on site, to look at the seat back in front of you and to grab the blue connection card. And if you would just take a few moments to fill that out, and at the end of the service, you could drop it off into one of the offering boxes as you leave. And you can also go to faithbrook.church forward slash guest and fill out a connection card there as well. And whether you submit a card uh, physically or digitally, either way, two things are going to happen. The first is I would love to personally just thank you for joining in and just uh, thank you for taking time out of your weekend to join us for worship this weekend. And the second is on behalf of Faithbrook, we would love to make a $5 anonymous donation to one of our nonprofit ministry partners, uh, Cross Food Shelf. And this is just a small little way, one, to celebrate just you joining in. It's something we do every week. And two, it's a way we can um, participate in local outreach and uh, be able to have a way to participate and join in what's going on in the community and to love and bless our community. So I look forward to connecting with you and making that donation on your behalf. Our mission here at Faithbrook, the reason we exist, the things that we do every day, is that we love God, we love people, and we journey together. And one of the four main focuses that we do around here is local community outreach, as I just mentioned a few moments ago. And this is a, we, we love outreach because this is a way that we can love on our community. We have a heart and a passion to, to serve and to love on our community. And one of the things that we have coming up this fall is we're going to be partnering with Cross Food Shelf. Now, Cross Food Shelf if you don't know, it has, uh, has a food pantry, and they have food available uh, for free for those who are less fortunate and those who are in need. And coming up in this uh, fall seasons, particularly in uh, the Thanksgiving season and Christmas season, is a high demand uh, for them, and their shelves uh, tend to look a little thin because of the high demand and need. So we are partnering with them for this season to help them keep their shelves full. So for the next two weeks, we are going to be uh, receiving uh, donations for non parish goods. So if you uh, want a way to partner with uh, Cross and uh, participate in local outreach, a great way to do that is to bring uh, some uh, non-perishable goods over the next two weeks. Now you can bring as little or as much as you as you want, but every little bit helps and is a great way to help love and serve our community. You can just drop it off as you uh, come in for uh, the next uh, couple weeks, and then at the 10th, we'll be taking it over to them. Well, in just a few moments, we're going to be hearing a message from our lead pastor, Jim Comfort, as we continue our new series, Win the Day. Some of you know that one of my hobbies is bass fishing. Uh, it's probably more of a therapy than a hobby. And uh, once in a while, I get to get out on our little fishing boat. And if I'm fortunate enough, my family will come with me. Some people ask, well, where do you like to go fishing? Well, uh, one of our favorite places is Lake Minnetonka. And they say, why do you go all the way down to Lake Minnetonka? Well, number one, it's, it's not full of weeds like some of the other local uh, lakes are. There's a lot of uh, places that you can go, kind of wide open places, and it's a great fishery. 
And another little side bonus about Lake Minnetonka is that if you get bored, you can always look at the beautiful homes on the shoreline and wonder how do they afford that, and maybe one day I could get one of those. And what comes along with those big, beautiful homes on the shorelines is big, beautiful boats. And uh, they will pull out those big, beautiful boats and start uh, doing their, their water sports, or sometimes there's like close to the yachts, and they'll be cruising around the lake near our little um, fishing boat. And if you don't watch out, man, they will send out a wake that turns into these big old waves that are heading to our little fishing boat. Kind of reminds me of this picture right here. Now, this is a kind of exaggeration, all right? But we have learned as a family to be on the lookout for these waves. We might be looking over the shoreline, and all of a sudden, here comes these big rolling waves. And so someone says, hey, waves are coming. Get ready to deal with those waves. Well, speaking of waves, we're going to be continuing our story of the Israelites coming out of Egypt. And they would not have to deal with a wave. They would have to deal with a giant sea to cross. And we're going to get to that story in just a moment. First, I just want to welcome you on behalf of the, the church. Welcome you that are watching online. I spoke to someone yesterday who says, oh yeah, we've been watching and worshiping you online, so thank you for uh, worshiping with us. I see you out there. Hang in there. Hope you had a beautiful weekend this, this fall. Well, we are going along this, this book by Pastor Mark Batterson, Win the Day, Seven Habits, Biblical Habits to Help Us Take on Life. And last week in our kickoff, we started with the first habit, which was flip the script. And we learned that if you want to win the day, you must first let God change your story. You must first let God change your story. And of course, one of the greatest stories in the Bible was the Israelites. They found themselves captured under bondage of Pharaoh and the Egyptians. They were using them as slave labor. And they were oppressed, to say the least. And God saw their plight and came and uh, prodded a catalyst, uh, Moses, who um, encouraged them, convicted them, hey, we got to leave. God has a greater story for us. There is a promised land for us. We just need to have the courage to go. He'd have to uh, confront Pharaoh. That was highly intense. There was a lot of courage involved. And uh, ultimately, they would need God in their story to change their story. And for them, that means they would have to apply the blood. They would have to blotch that blood on their door frame and the sign of a cross. And we talked about how we need the cross, God in our life, if we want to change the story and let God flip the script in our life. So <clears throat> Pharaoh finally humbled themselves and said, you know, the, the angel of death came through. He said, you guys got to get out of here. I don't know who your God is, but I don't want anything to do with him. You are released. Go. And and the victory and deliverance started happening for the Israelites. The stories started to change, and, and they were marching out of Egypt, and God would go before them in a, in a, a pillar of fire or, or cloud during the day, and he led them east. Well, the problem is, as they got a day out of Egypt, they ran into a big old wave. It wasn't a wave. It was not an ocean, but it was a Red Sea, deep and wide. So they think to themselves, wow, okay, now where do we go? We've got mountain ranges on our left and our right. And, but back in Egypt, Pharaoh looked around and said, hey, we, we lost our manpower here. And his heart got more hard, 
And, and he said, I, I don't like this. I, we need to get those Israelites back. And so he called his army, his vast army, and said, get the chariots, get the horses. We're going to go get those Israelites, and we're going to drag them back into our, our bondage here into Egypt. So let's go. So we catch up in the story in chapter 14 of Exodus, verse 10, and Moses writes it this way. As Pharaoh approached the Israelites, the Israelites looked up, and they, there were the Egyptians marching after them. Now, can you, can you imagine that? Uh, somebody looks behind them and sees this big cloud of dust, and they're like, uh, what, what's going on back there? They start peering back there, and someone says, I think that's Pharaoh and the Egyptians, and they don't look happy. They're coming after us. Look at the vast army. Then they look this way, and they're like, we got this ocean, these mountain ranges. And of course, they were terrified, and they cried out to the Lord. Now, have you ever been there? Have you ever felt like something was coming after you? That bad news came your way? I don't know, maybe it came from your, your work or your finances, and you're like, how are we going to get out of this predicament? Maybe it was a health issue. The doctor gave you a diagnosis that didn't look good, and there was just some fear and anxiety that came over you. Sometimes we get trapped in situations in our families and our relationships, and we're just so depleted and frustrated, and this person doesn't seem to want to change, and I'm not happy, and we just are stuck facing a wave. Well, Batterson in his book says the second biblical habit that we can to learn to win the day he calls it to kiss the wave, to kiss the wave. And we're going to learn about what that means in just a moment, but really has to do with obstacles. And when we face obstacles, we, they can make us better instead of bitter. When we are facing waves in front of us like a Red Sea, we're either going to get better or bitter. And that's what Batterson was talking about. Is how we approach advancing armies. How do we approach uh, Red Seas? How do we approach obstacles? Either they can make us better or bitter. So let's see how the Israelites responded to their dilemma, to their obstacles. He says, they said to Moses, was it because there was no graves in Egypt that you brought us into the desert to die? What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone, let us serve the Egyptians? And last week we, we talked about just because God has a promised land for you, just because God has a new story for you, uh, doesn't always make it easy. Somewhere we have to have the courage to leave Egypt. Somewhere we have to let go of, of the past and the ways and give God a chance to get us out of bondage, to get us out of Egypt. And here these people are like, hey, didn't we tell you, Moses, that we really didn't want to leave? And Moses is like, uh, you were in slavery. What are you talking about? It goes on. It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. Really? It would have been better to be back there in misery, back-breaking, brick-making, um, moral-crushing dilemma? Yeah, but at least... Misery was predictable. Uh, yes, we were, were squanders and, and slaves, but we, least, we knew what was going to happen uh, in our misery. 
And when we get out here marching on to the promised land and a better story in our life, we're not sure what we're going to do. And, and all of a sudden, we got obstacles and dilemmas and problems, and, and it makes us fearful and anxious. So we'd rather be back. Man, does that ever remind you of somebody? Have, have you ever been fearful? Have, have you ever heard some bad news or, or uh, ran into some difficulties that, that all of a sudden you find yourself whining and moating, right? Emoting. Uh, you, you see that they're blaming. They start blaming. They're, they're lashing out. Before we know it, we can become bitter when we revert to bad habits. We can become bitter when we revert to bad habits. And let's face it, sometimes when, when obstacles come our way, man, our emotions get all over the place. And it's easy to emote. It's easy to revert to bad habits. I saw someone post the other day, uh, their, their family was up against some, some challenges, and she said, my emotions are everywhere. <laughs> it's hard to keep them in check. Before we know it, we're reverting back to, to bad habits. And a lot of times, my friends, bad habits when we're up against these waves, can get us back into slavery. Uh, some, sometimes we respond by, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just going to uh, binge on a half a gallon of ice cream uh, just to, to, to drown my sorrow. Sometimes we use alcohol to numb us and to just kind of deal with, with the stresses and the disappointments in our life. We can be grumpy and blame and lash out. All these bad habits we revert to and lead into a bitterness or even a bondage if we do not deal with them well. I remember uh, having a conversation with a lady this summer, and we were doing a little bit of business, and she, somehow we got into her life, and she said, well, um, I, was in a, I was in the Army at one time. And I said, oh, you're a veteran? She said, well, not really. Um, I, I served for a little bit, but I, I, I quit. I got out of the Army. I'm not sure exactly how that, that works. But she went on a little bit and just kind of disclosed that, you know, all my life I've kind of regretted, regretted that. And some challenges came up and situations, and, and I didn't serve out my term. Uh, this lady was, was expressing not so much bitterness, but regret. That she didn't know how to kiss the wave. She didn't know how to approach her difficulties and and for all of her life, now she's paid the price because she didn't manage that well. She reverted back. And when we revert back to bad habits, we can become bitter. So let's see what happens next in this story. Moses answered the people. Now this, this, this passage here is golden. Do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance of the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. Now, if there was an Old Testament um, scripture that you ought to underline or highlight in, in your digital Bible, this would be one of them. Here's Moses stands up. I know we got this wave of this army coming. I know we got this optical of this Red Sea, but I need you to do a couple things. First of all, I need you to not be afraid. Oh, my friends, it's so easy to get scared. It's, it's just part of our our human nature, to, to just kind of get terrified when things are coming around. Um, see, we're either going to lean into our fear or we're going to lean into our faith as we try to kiss the wave, as we try to not get bitter, but better. 
One of the quotes that I tell myself often is by Steve Cuss. He says, you're either in the grip of anxiety or you're either in the grip of God's perfect love. I have to ask myself, Jim, are you going to be in the grip of your anxiety and your uncertainty? Or are you in the grip of God's perfect love? 1 John 1.19 says, perfect love casts out fear. And when I remind myself, who is my heavenly father? Who is my shepherd? He sends his Holy Spirit. Romans 8 tells us that he intercedes for us when we are weak, when we do not even know what to pray, we're so upset. He intercedes for us with groanless words. He is with us. Do not be afraid. Stand firm. Stand down. Rest in him, we said, to be still. That's so hard a lot of times, to be still. And when we're not still, before we know it, we're reverting back. See, we can become better when we rest rather than revert. We can become better if we rest rather than revert. You know, a lot of times when, when there's a threat to our life, when, when there's problems, uh, the first thing we want to do is maybe work harder. Uh, so we need to call someone, and we get busy. Sometimes we start cleaning or whatever. If we can just control this thing instead of resting. And I've been learning through the years that one of the best things God wants me to do is just stand fast to trust him and to rest. This takes faith, right? This is what Moses was saying. Stand firm, stand down, do not be afraid because the Lord is fighting for you. You only need to be still. Second Chronicles says that the battle belongs to the Lord. Can we absorb that? Can we deal with that rest rather than reverting to old habits? So how do we do that? You know, uh, one of the things to remind us of the promises of God, I don't know how many of you have the YouVersion Bible app, uh, but every day it sends you a, a verse of the day. And it's an excellent way to just uh, win the day, to remind us what is the truth rather than the fear, rather than the lie. And last week uh, I noted that Romans 12, 12 came up, and this is the simple verse that came up on YouVersion. Be joyful in hope patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer. Paul knows, man, sometimes we need patience. This thing is not going away really soon. We've got to be patient in affliction. Let's be hopeful, right, that God is on our side, and let's not give up praying. We can become better when we rest rather than reverting. Well, Moses, uh, the Lord said to Moses in verse 15, why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. Okay, that's easier said than done, right? We're going to move on. Uh, we got this giant ocean uh, in front of us. This is like four miles where they were. It's like four miles away. We don't have any boats. Uh, we didn't bring anything. I don't know what you're talking about, right? It's kind of counterintuitive to move on when we face waves, when, when they're not easy. Uh, we want to run. We want to uh, resist the wave. We want to fight the wave. See, we can become bitter when we try to avoid the waves. Have you ever done that? All right, the first thing we want to do is say, God, why did you bring this around? This is not fair. Before we know it, we, we don't want to deal with the waves. We're, we're fighting God, and we become bitter, trying to uh, dismiss it. And, and so then we're, then we're going to start praying, okay, God, I need you to take care of this wave right now, this obstacle. And, and then God doesn't 
remove it. He, he doesn't deliver us out of it. And, and a lot of times it's easy to start getting mad at God. Well, your promises are not true. Uh, I, I can't trust you, right? And, and bitterness starts creeping into our life because we're trying really to avoid the wave instead of, as Batterson talks, it says, to kiss the wave, to approach the wave. Maybe, maybe God so loves us that he wants us to mature, he wants us to grow, and maybe through the obstacle and the stress, he wants to teach us something. Maybe instead of just being baby Christians, he wants us to, to mature and teach us something. One of the, one of the uh, quotes that I really love, it says, Obstacles do not block the path, they are the path. Obstacles do not block the path, they are the path. And a lot of times in my life, you know, there's an obstacle, God. I don't like that obstacle. You need to remove it, right? And, and God is like, Jim, that is the path. What, what do you mean it's the path? Yeah, I, I need you to go through it. I, I don't want you to try to avoid it because I'm going to teach you something. I'm going to mature you, and I'm going to uh, um, help you be a little bit more sensitive to people that are in obstacles and, and problems. And so here, when we face red seas, when we, there's armies bearing down to us, when waves are rolling into our life, it's a chance to reframe our thinking. That's what Batterson's talking about. To not avoid the wave, but to kiss the wave to make us better. You know, when we're in that little fishing boat, and uh, uh, hopefully uh, someone notices that there's some big waves coming, all right? And so a lot of times we have to put down our fishing rods, and most of the time we're standing up, that we all have to kind of hunker down, and sometimes we turn the motor and we position the little fishing boat to, to the bow to go into the waves to manage those big old waves. If we're sideways, we have a, a good tie, a chance of tipping or falling out, right? It takes some time, but it's a way we shift our minds. It's a way we view things instead of avoiding it that can lead us into bitter, bitterness We've got to change our heart and our mind and let God teach us to be better people. We can become better when we allow God to take us through the waves. Just like we're going to see the Israelites went through, they became better people. If we let God take us through the waves, whatever obstacles that we're hating, right, we could become better people. So I want to encourage you to to not always resist the waves and the complexities and afflictions that you're going through. I know this is hard. I personally don't like storms. I don't like Red Seas. I don't like armies trying to destroy me. But, but if God could help us to see testing, see complexities and afflictions different, it reminds me of, of James. He was trying to communicate this to his congregants. First James 1, 2 says, Consider pure joy, my brothers. Really? And sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces something. He's producing perseverance, and perseverance is just not always quick. It's, it's a skill. It's a value of just waiting, trusting, okay? Perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Can you imagine being a calm person? Can you imagine being a confident person? I know, but I'm not going to panic. I'm not going to get bitter. I'm not going to hate God and, and try to avoid this. It's just my lot. I'm going to position my mind. I'm going to position my heart and, and, and see this thing through. Maybe God is trying to teach me something. Maybe, maybe God is going to do some miracles like he did the, the Israelites, and, and I need to go through this to experience it. I, I appreciate the analogy 
Someone said problems are like washing machines. They twist us, they spin us, they knock us around, but in the end, we come out cleaner and brighter. I found that true. So we learned through this story that we're either going to, uh, to resist the wave or kiss the wave. We can become better or bitter. But first, we got to realize, let's not revert back to bad habits when that threat comes our way, when that wave comes our way. Let's try to ask God to give us a faith to stand firm. And a lot of times that means we're going to rest. We're going to trust because he is fighting for us. And God is asking us, would you have the faith to go through it? Not to hate it. What can I learn? How are you going to make me a better person if I don't resist this? So let's see what happens in the rest of the story. The Lord said, raise your staff, stretch out your hand over the sea, divide the water so the Israelites can go through the sea on dry ground. I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians so that they will go in after them, and I will gain glory through Pharaoh and all of his army, through his chariots and his horsemen. And the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord when I gain glory through Pharaoh and his chariots and horsemen. In other words, I'm going right after Pharaoh's strength. I'm going, I'm going right after his sweet spot. He thinks he is so big and bad with all of his horse and chariots. I will show who is God. I love this. God is on the move. These Egyptians and Pharaoh had no idea what kind of God they were messing with. They were messing with the wrong God. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and all that night the Lord drove the sea back with a strong wind and turned it into dry ground, and the waters were divided. Now, now friends, I, I can't imagine what exactly that looked like, but these strong winds made this gap, this path. Uh, some scholars think that there was a hundred uh, foot wall of, of water uh, on this tunnel, this, this path, and, and that path was like um, five, almost five miles across, and he's asking them to go through it. Then the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground with a wall of water on the right and on the left. Now, this had to be incredibly intense. Those, those winds were still there. Uh, a miracle just happened in front of them, and they're like, we got to go for it. And can you imagine looking up on those walls, right? Uh, and just the amount of people. They say there's like a million of these Israelites. Some scholars say it took them probably four hours to get all the kids and the livestock and the wagons, whatever, all the way across that four-mile stretch of, of the Red Sea. God is making the way for them. So the scriptures can, says, says that the Egyptians pursued them. And Pharaoh's horses and chariots, horsemen, followed them into the sea. During the last watch of the night, the Lord looked down from the pillar of fire and cloud at the Egyptians and threw it into confusion. He jammed the wheels of their chariots so that they had difficulties driving. And the Egyptians said, man, let's get away from the Israelites the Lord is fighting for them and against us. Hello, uh, yeah, you got the wrong God. Uh, let's get out of here. Ah, uh, and then the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand over the sea so that the waters may flow back over the Egyptians and their chariots and their horsemen. Moses stretched out his hand over the sea 
And at, that, at daybreak, the sea went back into its place. The Egyptians were fleeing towards it, and the Lord swept them into the sea. The water flowed back and covered the chariots and the horsemen. The entire army of Pharaoh smashed that had followed the Israelites into the sea. No one, not one of them survived. My friends, God crushed it. God came through in a magnificent epic way and destroyed that prideful, hard-hearted Pharaoh and all of his horsemen and his chariots. They were crushed. God won the day. And in his book, Batterson's, he brings up a 500-year-old hymn written by a man named Martin Luther who started the Reformation. And Martin Luther wrote a famous hymn called A Mighty Fortress is Our God. Maybe some of you have sung that before. Know that hymn, The Mighty Fortress in Our God. And in the second verse, Luther wrote this. Die we in our own strength confide? Our striving would be losing. In other words, us to rely on, on our strength, our talent to deal with all the waves and the armies and the threats in our life, we'd be losing. Are you kidding me? But we have a mighty fortress is our God who can take down the giants, who can part the Red Seas and create the universe. And the last line of that hymn, A Mighty Fortress is Our God, he says, He has won the battle. He has won the battle. My friends, he did, he has, and he will win the battle. So we can have confidence. So when we face obstacles, they can make us better instead of bitter. He can win the day, will win the day in our life. But we got to kiss the wave. we got to position our heart and mind to be better rather than bitter. Now this, this phrase, win the day, first time it really resonated with me, and I really kind of heard it, I'll never forget it. It was in a hospital room in North Memorial Hospital. I was uh, visiting a friend. His name was Aaron, and um, Aaron was up against it. Uh, we became friends with this gentleman, Aaron. He was an um, all-American dad, uh, was a banker. He's probably 36, 37, had a nice little career, two little kids, had a beautiful home in Champlin. Uh, things were going really well. We uh, befriended this family because our kindergartner was uh, classmates with their little boy, and, and my wife and, and uh, Aaron's wife got together and play dates, and, and at about the same time we were um, building this building, and we want to invite them uh, to Faith Brook and just explore faith. They, they were kind of non-church people, good people, right, but really never made that connection with Christ living in, in their heart, and so we invited them. They came a couple times, and we hung out a couple times. And one day I came home, and, and, and Terry said, Hey, um, uh, Jamie, his wife, uh, called and was wanting to know if you could go down to the hospital because Aaron's in a hospital, and it seems like there's something wrong. I was like, Well, what? That, that's strange. Sure. So I went down there and found him. He was up on fifth, sixth floor, and I, and I walked into the hospital room, and immediately when I saw him, I knew something was wrong. His color was way off. He was jaundiced. He didn't look well. It's like, man, hey, Aaron, what, what's going on, man? He said, man, I just haven't been feeling too good in the last couple of days. And you can see I don't look very good. And, and the doctors are suspecting liver cancer. It's like, oh, okay. We, we got a big wave right here. This is serious stuff. 
And so we had a little conversation, and, and I said, okay, Aaron, I know that you're going to go through some major testing, and, and I'm going to be back, and we're, we're going to be walking with you through this. And so that's exactly what happened. He, he had liver cancer, and of course, I had a plan, and there was going to be therapies and um, uh, some um, medical issues that he's going to have to go through. And, and so we just started ministering to him. And, and uh, you know, as he was facing this serious cancer, he started thinking, you know, what really matters? Yeah, I, I, I got a nice house and a nice career and stuff, but wow, what, what's eternal life? Is there a really God out there? And, and so I began to just kind of share faith, share, share, share Christ, that there is eternal life and there's a choice and that we can have a new life in him that starts in the spirit and first, we have to let God change our story, and we have to apply the blood. And, and there's a time that we c- confess and say, you know, I'm, I'm off course here. I, I need you to forgive me, God. I, I want to receive you by faith through your grace that you displayed on the cross by shedding your blood to come into my life. And, and through that journey, and he was a processor. He was a thinker. <laughs> and uh, slowly but surely, he started embracing Jesus Christ as his Savior. So once in a while, I go visit him at the, at the hospital. I remember this, this one time that I was like, man, how, how's your week? It, it, it's rough. Um, what's going on? He says, you know, I'm not sure what's going to happen next couple of weeks. But, but he said that phrase to me. He says, my job is to win the day. My job is to win the day. What was he saying? is, I can't control things around me. I don't know if I'm going to survive. I'm not going to know what tomorrow. But today, my job is just to win this day with God's help. And I wish I could share that God parted the seeds and saved his life. And eventually, of course, uh, cancer would take his life. It was a sad deal. Two little boys, young wife, just like that. His life snuffed out by cancer. But through that process, there was a betterment of him. There was a confidence of him. And so when it came, push came to shove, and, and, and there was an understanding that he acknowledged Jesus was in my heart. I know where I'm going. I'm going to be okay, Jim. And as hospice moved in and the last days came, you could just tell there, were, there was a peace. There was, there was a freedom in his heart because Christ was living. And yes, for those days, he had to win the day. And, and I thought it was a, a great uh, attitude and position, approach to take on his challenges medically, emotionally, and spiritually. That was Aaron. What about us? When the day comes when we have to face armies, when we have to face Red Seas, how will we maneuver our mind and our spirit to kiss the wave? Will we avoid it and let bitterness creep in? Or we, by faith, say, God, make me better through this. What if we ask God to teach us in the waves, in the things that that we don't appreciate, to help us navigate through the waves, kind of like the old country preacher says, God is either going to deliver you out of it or God will deliver you through it. And my friends, I've found so many times God is asking me, Jim, let me deliver you through it. You're going to have to rest. You're going to have to trust. And you're going to have to every day say, help me win the day. What if we claimed Exodus 14, 13 and 14? What if we every day, in the midst of our waves, our challenges, we said to ourselves, do not be afraid, stand firm, and see the deliverance of the Lord. 
The Lord will fight for you. The Lord is fighting for me. God is just asking me and you to win the day, to be still and to trust him. Yes, my friends, I don't know what it is for your life, but those Red Seas, those armies, those waves are coming your way. And God wants to help you be better instead of bitter. Not to hate the wave, but to kiss the wave. So I just encourage you to stand with me. We're going to just pause for a moment and pray a couple minutes. So why don't we stand? You've been sitting there for a while. And would you just kind of close your eyes and, and, and give some reflection and thought to these words and this story out of Exodus? <clears throat> for some of you here, maybe watching online, you're pausing, you're thinking, you're like, you know, things are pretty good, Jim. If you don't have any big waves coming your way, your difficulties... Would you just give thanks? Would you just have a heart of gratitude? These are good days for you. Praise God. Uh, be thankful uh, that things are going well in, in your life. Uh, maybe things aren't going that well in your life. Maybe you know exactly some of the, the fears and the waves that are coming your way. And, and for, for some people, it might you feel that bitterness creeping in, that you don't understand it. And fear and anxiety is building up and, and maybe a, a, a leaning into this bitterness. Right now, today, we can ask God by faith to help us position our heart and mind to, as Batterson says, kiss the wave. Turn our boat, turn our heart and say, okay, this is my lot. They're coming my way. Here it is. Help me not to revert to bad habits, but to trust in you. God, by faith, would you help me to rest, to stand firm? Please remind me, God, that the battle is yours. You, you are fighting for me, just like you did for the Israelites. And God, I pray that whatever happens, I will not turn into a bitter person. But through this, no matter what, I will turn into a better person. With your help to win the day. Heavenly Father, we thank you for these Bible truths, these epic stories that we can relate to in our personal world. I'm so thankful, God, that you are not a God that is not far off. There are people that are up against it. There are people that are super frustrated and even fearful. But God, if, you, if the word is true and you went, came all the way down to our earth and died on a cruel cross and rose from the dead, how much more, God, will you help us whatever waves and obstacles we are dealing with. Thank you, God, that we can win the day with you. So we pray these things and praise you for these things in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Well, God bless you. Enjoy your day. You're dismissed. Thank you for watching online. Bring some food next week. We'll see you back.